Welcome to the Parent Podcast, where each week we will discuss topics relevant to parents. Whether you are expecting the arrival of your first child or have kids preparing to graduate college, we've got you covered. Each week we'll bring on different guests to provide their expertise and perspective in an effort to remind you that you aren't alone in this journey and encourage you as you raise and lead your family. Hello everybody, Robert Nash here. I am the children's pastor at Autumn Ridge Church in Rochester, Minnesota, and I am joined by my co-host, Derek Freed, who is the student pastor here. Derek, how's it going, man? It's going all right. Awesome. Well, our topic today for our very first episode is raising kids and teens in today's culture, which is a pretty broad topic. And we're, we're going to take this and kind of break it down to the immediate issues and then see the, the larger issues. And uh, our guest today is actually a friend of yours, Derek, right? Yeah. So uh, our guest today, uh, his name is Scott Foster. He, I have known Scott for uh, a long time, and uh, we have uh, done a lot of life together. Um, both gone through some pretty crazy experiences and things that have happened, um, but done a lot of ministry together as well. Uh, so the the church that I was at previous to this church, uh, Bethany Church in Long Beach, California, Scott was at uh, for, um, oh man, you were there for 15 years, something like that? 19 and a half. 19 yeah. and a half. I, I, I sold it short. His variety of different roles have given him uh, a lot of insight into a lot of different aspects of um, both, uh, he started out as a youth pastor and, um, I just had a variety of roles. So he's seen, uh, kind of this idea of raising kids from a lot of different angles and, um, and has been uh, a pretty, uh, significant guy in my life, both personally and, and professionally in ministry. And so, um, as we were looking at this and, and talking this topic, I thought, man, there is no better person to come out the gates with than, uh, Scott. Um, and I hold him in the highest of esteem, uh, in my book. Well, we appreciate you being did here I, with did us, I, Scott. Did I sell that enough, Scott? Did I? Did that what you paid me yeah, for? Right? That was, that was yeah. That was way better than I than I deserved. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can cash that check now since you hit the mark there. Well, Scott, like I said, you know, raising kids in today's culture that can mean a whole lot of different things. So let's let's talk uh, talk about first uh, the immediate issue, which for everybody is COVID. I don't think any parent was prepared for the season that we've been in. And I think the challenges have been various because we kind of waded into this slowly. And I definitely think that our area, you know, the greater Twin Cities and Rochester were probably more prepared because medical is such a big piece of our state. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think we had to kind of learn trial by fire. And so, you know, it started with schools being shut down, uh, churches being shut down. I mean, some churches and schools were shut down. From a parenting perspective, it's been really difficult to help coach kids um, in their daily life, in their routines, uh, in their spiritual life, and in their academic life, which is a big part of kids' school. And so it's been interesting to watch how families have taken all different paths to this last year. Hard to believe it's been a year. It has been a year. And so uh, my daughter's in second grade, and the year started off hybrid. So she went two days a week, three days a week, she's home. Then all of a sudden, it was all at home, all online, which sounds okay, you know, oh, the teacher's online, you're still interacting, but the parent still really needs to be close by for for kids in these younger grades to really help them understand, to give them that one-on-one instruction. Now she's back to the hybrid, and apparently at some point, maybe they'll be in person. So so let's talk about the toll that might have not only on kids, but on our parents. Yeah, so I mean, this is where it's, I mean, for me personally, it's been rich. My dad's a clinical psychologist, he has his PhD, and his specialty was in childhood adolescent development 
And so as we've talked through this entire pandemic, what he would joke about is we're getting the crispy version of everyone. So like if you were emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually at eight before, you're probably functioning at a six out of 10. If you were a five, you're probably functioning at a two or a three. And so I've just watched our, my kids, you know, my own example and the kids in the church I work at, because we have a, we hired a brand new kids ministry director, Muscle like Autumn Ridge. And so four of our new staff have had 70% of their ministry done under the kind of guise of COVID. And so I've watched my kids go from extremely social, extremely connected kids to very detached, uh, to having to spend most of their time at home, uh, to having to be educated uh, on screens. And we actually have had parent-teacher conferences where the teachers have been so bold to say, your kids were some of our very best kids in the classroom, and they're at the bottom now. As a parent, it's hard because there's a part of you that wants to dismiss that because you're struggling with all of this, you know, and all the different implications that takes place. But our job as parents is to help coach and shape our kids. And so how do you do that by helping them connect at different levels of life? How do you make sure to fill up their, you know, the, the spiritual tank they have, the emotional tank? I mean, when you're, I mean, people joke about they've never had more family time before. But I think the reality is there are a lot of different things in the life of a Minnesota family or a Midwestern family um, that made up for healthy kids. And most of those things went away overnight. And so I definitely appreciate the time I've had with my kids, but I also know that certain people's careers, and you guys live in an environment where a lot of people were essential workers, you can't all of a sudden just go on autopilot and have everybody be at home and having the government pay us to be here. You have to keep your life going. And so it's been really difficult to know how to do that. And so there's, there's had to be a lot of pivoting taking place, both in families and in the church and in how we keep people connected. Some kids can handle the independence that this last season of COVID's brought, but majority, I'd say 85% of kids aren't prepared for that. And I think psychologically, I, we were in the doctor to do our wellness checks. And our doctor told us that they're prescribing 50 to 60% more anxiety meds and, and, and treating kids for anxiety, like fear, depression. And she said, it's, it's, I've never seen anything like this in all of my years as a doctor. And so you know, you, there are studies you can read about this. And I think we're not even going to know how this will impact people long term. You know, there are a lot of families that have a two-family income. You know, it, it requires two incomes to make their life go. So unless you're able to shift significantly to have a parent there to assume that role in the school life and really the, the, the non-focused you know, life of the kids, you're going to need some different system. And that's where I think we've all been struggling to figure out how do we do that well. Yeah. Hey, so Scott, you mentioned something I, I found it interesting. It was like it was, you talked about um, that, that we're experiencing the crispy version of each other. Can you maybe explain a little bit what you mean by that? And then maybe the implications that that might have on relationships between their, uh, them and their, their student or their child and and how you navigate in the midst of that, um, when that is the version you're getting right now. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I think as parents and as adults, you know, whether you're a single parent or a kind of more of a traditional family, a blended family, I think it's important to realize that we have to experience all these things ourselves first. And so as you experience these feelings and recognize like everything is polarized now. So I think COVID has been unique because COVID uh, was introduced and it came at a time where we were already a very polarized world. And so people were feeling 
the impact of being it being an election year. They were feeling the impact of knowing how bad the end of last year for schooling was. I mean, I hardly talked to a family that thought that hybrid model worked well. And then I'm hearing on on good accounts now from school administrators that they're all preparing permanent plans for distance learning for kids. And so, and they're preparing that because there are some kids that because of this are going to opt out for good. And so I just, I mean, this is my background too, is, you know, how socially, how psychologically, but even more important, how spiritually, I mean, kids are designed to be around each other, to sharpen each other, to share experiences in life. They, I think in environments of how my faith became my own was in environments with other kids where people were teaching me the truths of the gospel and teaching me aspects of the Bible and living it out before me. And most of those things this past year have been taken away. So as a parent, I have to ask myself, how, A, how crispy am I? How short am I in my daily life? How am I handling my emotions, my fear? I mean, I think as a Christian, if you've been afraid of the election or if you've been afraid of COVID or if you've been afraid what this means, your kids lost. Uh, I heard some mom, my kids lost a year of club hockey. And she acted like, you know, she'd just been, you know, persecuted and put into jail in a communist country. And I was like, yeah, your kids lost a year of club hockey. I understand that, that must be really disappointing for you. But in context, you know, can you help them learn in this season patience? Can you help them learn aspects of the fruit of the spirit that we know are supposed to be a part of our faith? Can we help them learn the one another's that God says, these are going to be the marks that actually should be a part of your life. And I think a lot of parents have just basically tried to figure out how do I keep the life they had before going Mm. in COVID? And I just don't know if that life is, I mean, I actually believe that, and you guys probably understand this in your roles at the church. I mean, I think the future of the church is probably going to look a little bit different than we were used to. And I hear people talking about that a lot and there's a lot of training. So I think for families, it's how do you learn to help your kids understand to, to not be afraid of this disease? And there's two aspects there. We have half of our families that are absolutely defiant, that believe that this is made up. And I mean, I just hear the craziest stuff. And the other side are people who live in absolute fear. I've, we did a survey of our entire church and 40% said they wouldn't come back till there's significant movement on the vaccines. And what that's meant is for over a year, those people haven't been actively around other people. And so now take that to the kid level for kids. I mean, kids aren't as susceptible as it pertains to COVID, yet we've been treating them in many environments. I mean, it blows my mind that we're almost tougher on children than we've been uh, on Target or on Costco. I mean, places that we, we are like, they're essential for us to live. But I feel like we aren't taking inventory on how this is impacting kids' emotional, spiritual lives. And I do think that we've also had spiritually a lot of families just decide, hey, it's kind of fun wearing my pajamas and and watching church on TV or doing some little show for kids. And they're not thinking about what that means long term to a generation that was already undercommitted. I mean, in terms of faith, we already are a very uncommitted, highly consumer generation. And honestly, coming from California, you know, the Midwest, I thought moving here would be less consumerism. And it actually is greater than where I came from. And I was really shocked by that moving here. And so I, I see families kill themselves to provide resources for their kids, not recognizing that those resources and those sports and all those things aren't going to be the thing that matters most as it pertains to their faith and their spiritual life. So then 
you know, the, the, you've kind of mentioned this. There's this mindset of, well, eventually everything's going to go back to normal. Kids are going to go back to school. They'll be fine. I'm going to go back to my job full time. It will be great. Everything will return as it once was. And and realistically, that cannot happen. We are in the middle of, of this pandemic that has changed everything. There are certain elements that we may go back to that are familiar, but there's never going to be a time where we're just back to everything was exactly as it was before this began, right? As a parent, how do you navigate that? What do you what can we do for our kids both now and and once this does end? Yeah, I think probably the first thing I'd recommend and this is something that's been a harder to I mean, I've been a pastor for almost 30 years and it's funny how we associate church um, with a place and a building and programs. And I think one of the positives of COVID is, is it's made us think, how do we develop and grow in our spiritual lives if those things aren't available? And yet we know throughout history, people have been able to do that. And so I think what it's made me realize is, as a parent is, how am I prioritizing and investing into my kids' spiritual lives? I mean, Derek and I came from an environment where we would talk about parenting as parents are teammates. They're the primary teammates and the church plays a team oriented part. And yet a lot of our parents were expecting us to be the primary spiritual encouragers and shapers of their kids. And for kids who come from a non-believing home, I totally accept that. That, that may be the reality. But for a lot of the people we're around, I mean, I've probably asked the question, do you actually own your child's discipleship? I mean, have you owned the development and the shaping of their faith? Have you thought about the opportunities in this season and the season ahead about how you're going to reprioritize your schedule to do things like actually have a family worship time, to actually spend time digging into God's word with your kids, to prioritize other connections? We have been trying to, the restrictions have loosened, prioritizing one or two families with like-age kids to try to connect to uh, each and every week, either go there or have them come here because we're trying to model for our church to not be flippant towards rules. People are like, we want you guys to fight the government. I'm like, that, I don't believe that that's the, there may be a time for that in the future if they're asking us to do things that violate our faith, but that's not the season we're in. And I feel like parents are hung up with the things they're kept from instead of thinking about what can we do. And so there have been a couple of resources that have been helpful. Um, one of them, what is a book by Don Whitney that a lot of our, our friends have uh, gotten involved in. It's family worship in the Bible and history and in your home. And it's just such a great little read. It's a really small book about how do you actually help your family worship God as part of the rhythm of your life? How do you help your family get in God's word and understand what God's doing? And it's, it's a very disciple oriented book. And so if that's something helping, you know, for us, that's a big part of our church is helping people follow Jesus and then helping others follow Jesus. And so, you know, that's a, that would be one. I think another is, is what things can you still do? So like taking the small group model and you guys did this at Autumn Ridge a couple of different ways that I'm aware of is we're used to big group activities and taking a big group and breaking it into segments. And so parents looking for opportunities to allow other parents to speak into their kids' lives. Some families have real strength in helping serve others. Other families could be a resource family. I mean, I, I think of the diversity of God's church, both for believers and unbelievers, but even in our neighborhood here, like we as a family went around and dropped cards off to our neighbors saying, some of you are afraid because you're shut in. 
and let us be a resource for you in this season. Let us get groceries. Let us have our kids come bring your mail into you. We'll wear masks and we'll come up and create a safe environment. But we want our kids to realize that followers of Jesus don't hide, you know, or don't like give up or quit. They actually can lean into a challenge. And I, I do think that like we're, we're quite some time away before we see what I'm saying is a more of a new normal. I don't think it's going to be the old normal. I, I, I don't think that we're going to see a return to stadiums and sports and concerts and things that I personally love. I don't think we're going to see that for quite some time, uh, mostly because we have half our country that's very resistant to wanting to participate in vaccines and so many things. And so I think for parents, it's what do you want to let your kids know that you are really about? And, and that's a great question for parents to have with their kids. Because if you ask your kids, what do you think I care about the most? Your kids will tell you your iPad, your phone, your, you know, your work, the church. My kids tell me, dad, you chit chat way too much at church. That's just, that's way <laughs> too much, way too much in your life. And so your kids, if you ask them, you know, what do you want to be known for? And I think that that's, we have to think differently and start to practice differently. I'm curious, maybe what you think uh, or your thoughts might be. I, I, from what I'm seeing in the kind of middle school, high school student realm is that um, I think that this whole season of COVID is having much more of an impact than I think people want to to let be known or that they're even willing to admit or see. Um, and you, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you were, uh, I believe you said you were talking to medical people around you that they're prescribing 50 to 60% more anxiety meds uh, to kids and, and I'm sure to students as well. Um, and so in this season where students are the the anxiety level for everybody is higher right that's just the reality i don't care who you are the anxiety at some point has been raised um but also the feelings of loss that student i mean these students they they've lost they're going to lose an entire year essentially of their school not to mention the months they lost last year um and and as you said those are moments i mean school is such a time for them not just to learn about knowledge but to develop social skills and to develop how they interact with people and for christians how you live out what you believe in the midst of the world and thing i mean that's where they they develop those things and so what do you think as for as a parent things that they can do ways that they can maybe interact with their student who may be feeling a heightened anxiety a heightened sense of loss um, both to help them deal with that, but then also help them in some ways maybe to uh, replace what they're missing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the challenge is, you know, part of raising kids into teens, you know, after working with high schoolers for 14 and a half years and college students, is if you haven't established a good connection or good conversation abilities with your kids, they're, you know, you go into a pandemic, you're not likely to deepen those real quickly. <laughs> Like, and so I think that preliminary work is important, but no matter where you're at in that journey, I think, I do think that I, I'm watching right now, high school, junior high and college students. I mean, it's having a devastating impact on just everything they're doing. I mean, I think the, the fun things for students tend to be sports and we've seen sports shut down, opened up, shut down again. You know, we've seen schools like we talked about. And so I think that as a parent, um, 
I do think that you're going to need to work harder to find resources to help kids know how to communicate or talk about those things. Cause there's not a lot of environments. I mean, I imagine they're talking about it in youth groups because our youth group's been meeting since June and we've actually modified some of how we've done stuff. But the reality is for a lot of churches based on your size, it's been difficult to bring big groups back together and then people shut stuff down. And so, I mean, for a parent, for teenagers, I think the challenge is you have these opportunities to have a conversation about how it's impacting your kids. And I do think it's pivotal to let them know that the struggles they're facing are okay. Like it's okay to to wrestle because Mm. we've seen graduations taken away. We've seen people end high school and start college all online. And I I honestly, if I were a parent, I, there's never a time in history more than right now where I tell my kid probably to take a gap year and either serve somewhere or find some job that provides meaning in life. Because I feel like they're being asked to navigate some of the biggest hurdles of life without any resources or tools to do it well. And so there are probably 8% of kids that can do online learning well, but half of what we do in school is designed to help finish socially and psychologically and from a faith perspective, do faith development. And I think the studies that Barn has been doing during the pandemic have been pretty, pretty grim to show that like 30, 40% of young people who've left the church as churches have closed down, they're not coming back. They're going to have to do faith a totally different way. And that's why they're calling them exiles and all these different, there's different terminology they're using for these, these young people. And so as I've read and engaged some of these studies, I just think we're gonna have to think through how do we recapture that generation and it may not be through traditional programming anymore. And I think, honestly, it's going to have to be parents being more transparent, more authentic, you know, because those are the ages where you tend to pull away from your parents. If I'm a 15-year-old boy, my dad is not the person I'm talking to for my deep feelings. Usually a 15-year-old is not talking to anyone about their deep feelings. But, <laughs> but, but the reality is, is you see that pull away, and then in a healthy relationship, they come back. You know, that's, that's the healthy development. And so I think you're gonna parents are gonna need to find out, find that mentor. I think a mentor type program right now, or to find people who are maybe collegiate students who would come alongside. A number of families have come and said, My kid's struggling. Is there someone who could meet with me? I'm amazed that I'm in my 40s and our high school students still want to sit down and talk with me. Cause I just think there's like a hundred people that are probably better at this conversation, but but I feel like they're willing to come and pursue to ask hard questions. And I wonder, do we create the space both in our families? Because the challenge with young people is they don't have to go to prescription medication. They can self-medicate and a whole bunch of terrible things. And so you could have people come out of the pandemic with different addictions and different escape methodologies, and none of them help them live to what Christ calls them to. And so I think there has to be a reality where you're reminding them this is for a season, but it might actually look different as we move forward. And I, I feel like we are very linear. We want start and stop, start and stop. And I just, this is one of those experiences in life that we've, none of us have ever been through. And I don't know that we can do that. I think for parents, a couple of, I mean, a couple of things come to mind is there's a great resource page on focus on the family. There's a great resource page that's about helping teens and students deal with anxiety and depression uh, from a faith oriented perspective. And there's a whole kind of COVID wing of, of anxiety, depression resources. I think 
For some students, it's getting your students counseling before it actually gets too challenging because counselors are meeting with young people right now and providing them tools and tips. But I think for parents, you know, opening up the conversation, letting them know they're not alone in this, kind of helping them frame with words or with whatever way they're wired, creativity, art, you know, now it's like editing videos. All students are amazing. And then giving them ways to be able to repackage what they're experiencing in a healthy way. And honestly, helping them connect back to what's important about the gospel and God's word in this season. So really what you're saying is what what's something we know quite well. Everything comes back to the importance of relationships. I mean, that's that's one of the main reasons we were created, to have a relationship with God, to have a relationship with one another. And during this COVID season and whatever the new normal is, relationships are, are even more vital uh, to the well-being of our children, of our teens, and for us as parents. I mean, especially, and then we have the added joy of being in a state now that's like, you know, nine to 20 degrees below zero. <laughs> So wintertime, everybody knows we hunker down anyways. And so there's, you got a lot of things going on there, but it's like intentionally, my wife has been so good at intentionally pursuing play dates outside. Like we, we are a California family that's learned to adapt to Minnesota. And it means that every season you have to find things to engage. And so she's been intentionally finding those places to get our kids connected with other kids. And I'm watching Teenagers do the same thing, having houses be hubs and having like five houses of eight instead of having, you know, one house of 50. But, but I think for parents, you're going to have to be extra focused. We go to autopilot a lot. And it's like, why? Do, that's going to change my life. You're right. If someone's going to have to suffer in this season for the sake of our kids, it's going to have to be us because we have the maturity and the emotional well-being, most of us. To be able to say, hey, for a season, I can sacrifice to an even greater degree to invest and build into. And I just think some parents haven't done a great job in the first place. And so for them, it's to start that journey. And for others, it's to double down and say, I don't want my kids to bear the brunt of this and end up in a place that's pretty broken. And so then it's important for parents to remember, you said many parents haven't been doing that before leading up to this, but it's important for them to understand, hey, it's not too late to start now. Yeah, there's, yeah. And I think, I mean, one of the things we've been doing at our church for a while is there's some great, it's great little grade by grade developmental resources that look at where someone at in, you know, first and second, third and fourth, fifth and sixth, middle school, spiritually, emotionally, what's happening in their life? How are they wired? And we've been kind of walking parents through those stages to help them be able to evaluate and participate in that journey with their kids. And so there are these little books you can order that are, that are faith-based, that are really cool. The reality is you just got to do the work to stay connected. I'm a dad. I'm an older dad of three daughters. I have more pink in my house than I ever <laughs> thought I have in my life. I love sports. I live sports. My daughter tried my sport that I played in college. And, and uh, after three days said, never again. I'm never playing that. And I was like, man. But the reality is like, I'm going with her to the things she likes because I want to cultivate that in her life. But I also want to do that in aspects of her faith. And I want to do that in aspects of her conversations. And my kids ask tough questions now. They've been asking me, you know, dad, how come two men can be married to each other? I'm a parent. That's normal part of society now. Do life and parenting different. I was reading a book the other day uh, to kind of go off that. It said, I forget the exact quote, but something along the lines of, uh, even if you've messed up before, you'll get another chance 
to not mess up. And the next time you take it, take it. And I think, you know, a lot of parents get to a point where they think, well, this is the way it is now and it won't change. And I think, um, you know, especially in this season, it's really important for parents to change that mentality to say, Hey, every, every opportunity is a new chance to knock it out of the park and, and take that opportunity every time. And, um, and, and you, being real, yeah. Being real with your kids and saying, Hey guys, this is hard for mom and dad too. Can we be honest with you? Like we, we, some of these things, we don't know what's going on, but here's the thing. Here's what we commit to you. We commit to learning together. We commit to growing together. And so that those areas where you maybe have, you know, struck out before, that's not a perm. That's not permanent. And I think we often, you know, we often fall victim to the things that our parents didn't do well. And so we either go one of two directions. But I think here, the key thing is, as followers of Jesus, how do we allow our faith to shape that pursuit towards God and pursuit towards others? And so those have to be, look, if you're a parent, and even if you're an introvert and you've loved being by yourself for the last year, you know, at some point you have to recognize that's not how God created you. And you're not living out your kingdom influence and kingdom impact if that's what you're choosing to do. I mean, people ask me about the vaccine here as a parent and then as a pastor. And my response is pretty simple. I've been to 49 countries in the world. And the single factor in all those is opportunity to do gospel-related work and to share the message of Jesus Christ. And if all, if the vaccine allows me to keep doing that, I'm getting it. You know, I, that that's the most important thing to me. And if getting it allows me to do some of the things that might be restricted. And so it's tough where I I think of that in every area of my life. How am I modeling, like making decisions that prioritize the most important things for my kids? And do they see that in my life? Even for me, I don't want them to think the church is the most important thing. That's the biggest fear I have as a pastor. It's my relationship with God, my relationship with my family, and then the church in that order. And I think for parents, it's their relationship with God, their relationship with their family, and then their work or their hobbies. And man, I'm around a lot of families here where they're known by hockey or they're known by boating or they're known by their cabin. Like that's the thing they're known for. And at the end of the day, your kids are going to pick up on that. And so I don't care if we're in a pandemic or not, you have to help them understand what it means to follow Jesus. Yeah. I think one thing you said earlier that is part of this as well, and I think is huge, as you said, um, it's okay to let your students know that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of parents want to put forth that everything's good and everything's perfect and want that dream and the reality is that's not the dream or that's not the reality. That is a dream that most will never achieve. And in this season, more than any, that it is okay for your student to not be okay. And it's okay for them to, to wrestle with things and to, to deal with the anxiety and these issues. It's okay because they are as well. Uh, and I think that's huge. Um, Throughout the Bible, you see examples of people, you know, we know that fear doesn't come from God. And yet it's okay to actually have fear, but then in that next breath, recognize I have fear, but I have trust and a belief in a God who's bigger than those fears. And you see examples of people who, who they're, they're, you know, having fears or concerns doesn't mean you have weak faith. And I think we have to help our kids learn to trust God more because he's bigger than the things that, than we're facing right now. God's bigger than this pandemic. He's bigger than political divisiveness. He's bigger than racial issues. And I feel like somehow we've made those issues bigger 
And my kids get it. They're watching the election and their comments. I mean, it's amazing what a <laughs> second or third grader, that's shaping my child. And as a follower of Jesus, is that what I want the stamp of my child to be? Or is it someone who understands that their love for Christ is paramount? It's number one importance. And that even people who don't know Christ or who have a different perspective, can they still be gracious to them? Can they still listen to them? Can they still actually journey in life and recognize they don't have to line up in every area, but they can have strong biblical convictions. And I think we're in a season where we're being tested on so many fronts. It's crazy, but, but it's a good opportunity. I mean, I, we're opportunity rich as parents. This is an opportunity rich season to help your kids spread their wings and learn what it means to trust God and to develop healthy skills and relationships and, and have some emotional strength that comes from within. Um, Cause honestly, I mean, I, what I love my kid to be amazing at sports. Yeah. But that's not going to help them thrive in a season that people, most people are barely surviving. As I think about helping develop my kids, this is how my mind works is I tend to think um, like a, I've worked, I worked in missions. And so for a lot of years, my goal was to help mobilize people to go out to countries all over the world to share the message of Jesus. And you talk to people like, you know, Hey, Derek, you know, wouldn't it be awesome to go to Africa? And Derek says, no, I don't want to go to Africa. That place is scary. And that's the last place I ever want to go. Now, Derek would probably say, let's go. But the reality is that's people's perspective. As we approach our kids in this season, there are four words that I think will help help you developmentally think through first, what are the things you need to educate your kids in to help them learn to kind of survive in this season? And then there's the things you actually can participate with them in. And so first it's teaching them and educating them, and then it's getting involved with them and then helping build community around these things. And so if you're looking at like helping your kids thrive, it's going to help them understand the right things be involved in the right things with them and then putting them in a community that actually helps model that and kind of drive that forward. And the last stage really is like, as your kids start to get to do it on their own, encouraging them to help others. Because the reality is one of the things I love about my oldest daughter, Claire, is she is a helper. Derek knows her pretty well. And so, I mean, it's been so fun. We moved here and her first week, she walked into school and actually opened the door and for the next few weeks stood and held the door for all the other kids. And I would drive by and go, why is she doing that? Go inside, get in your classroom. And I realized like that was her way of saying, this is, I know these things that are hard for me. I know these things that are hard for others. How can I be a helper? And so if you teach your kids, participate with them, get them in the community that will help them think through these things and then help them help others. I mean, it's going to be such a good developmental process for kids, no matter what they face in life. Right. So a lot of difficulty going on, but, but from what you've said, I mean, this is a great opportunity to change the dynamics in your family, to, to put everybody kind of back on the path they should be on. And uh, there is hope. There is a way to move yeah. forward. Uh, Scott, I think this is a lot of incredible stuff, and we got more to talk about. Join us next week. We're going to have Scott back to talk about the uh, the bigger picture post-COVID of uh, what our kids struggle with and face in our culture. I uh, hope you will all join us. Again, Scott, thank you for being here. Derek, wonderful time. Good stuff. That was great. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to The Parent Podcast. The Parent Podcast is produced by Autumn Ridge Church and Robert Nash. Our sound engineer is Ian Benoit. Our theme song is Silver Skies by Geome. Follow us on Twitter at Parent Podcast or on Instagram at The Parent Podcast. 
You can email us with questions or topics you would like us to cover at parentpodcast at autumnridgechurch.org. For more information on Autumn Ridge Church, please visit autumnridge.church. Thank you for listening.